we doing? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Hey, welcome to Ridge Church. Thank you guys so much for being here. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. If, uh, if you're like, um, you know, today, today's one of those days that we just, uh, you know, it doesn't get as much play as Mother's Day, does it? I mean, come on. I mean, Father's Day is one of those days where it's kind of like, yeah, you can kind of take it or leave it. You know, it's just, it's just one of those days. Today's a good day, though. Only because I'm a father. So I get to say that, and I get to celebrate Father's Day today, and so I'm excited about that. Let me say this. Um, today, um, for Father's Day, I know that like, it's, just, it's, just a, it's just a weird day sometimes for some of us. And so um, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe you weren't very close to your dad, or maybe, maybe you didn't know your dad, or maybe, uh, maybe your dad's not with us any longer. And let me just say this, that the reason why our band sang a song called The Father's Heart is because regardless of who your earthly father is, or regardless of the relationship that you have or had with your earthly father, you do have a father and creator God. And that creator God is a father who loves us relentlessly and passionately and pursues us even when we don't want him, he still wants us. And so that is, that's good news for us today. And um, I, I really want to talk about that a little bit today. Uh, in, in, and not so much just, um, just a, a specific message for us fathers here today, because moms, I don't want to let you off the hook either, okay? Uh, but um, I, I, what I want to do today is, is I want to talk for just a few minutes about, about worship of that Creator God. Uh, we're finishing up our series uh, called Remix today, and today's the last message in, that, in this series. And uh, we start a brand new series next week called Now Showing. And you're like, what is that about? You'll have to come next week and find out. But uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a little different. It's going uh, to be good because we've got a, another just a, a buffet of different topics that we're going to talk about for the next couple of weeks in that series. And so I'm really excited about that. You can go to the website uh, tomorrow and you can get all the information about the upcoming series uh, if you want. But today, today I just for the next few minutes, I want to focus on worship. And you're like, that's kind of funny because we only sang two songs. We're going to get to that in a few minutes, okay? But uh, you're like, oh, where did all the music go? It, it's, it's really funny because uh, when I see people that I hadn't seen in a long time or I meet people for the first time and they ask me, well, what do you do? You know, and I get to tell them that, uh, you know, that I'm a pastor. Uh, I usually save the pastor thing for later because like, when the subject of church comes up, and it always does. Here in the South, the subject of church always comes up. When you meet people for the first time, they ask you two questions. What do you do, and where do you go to church? Like, that's, that's the two questions that you always get asked, right? And we always have an answer to both of those. I mean, because we, we, we all do something, right? And then, even if we don't go to church somewhere, we make something up. We're like, I, I go to the church down the street. Really? Well, who's the pastor? I, 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 we got a new one. I don't know. I, don't, I haven't met him yet. I don't know who he is. But, um, like, we, we have an answer to that question. But when people ask me that question, I always, I always save the pastor thing for later because when they ask me about where I go to church, I, you know, I tell them I go to church here and... Uh, I, they're like, how is it? I was like, I don't know. You know, the pastor's okay, but I like the music. So that's, that's why I go. I go for the music. Because if I, tell them, if I tell them that I'm a pastor, this always happens. Recently, I was on, a, uh, on an airplane flying to Fort Wayne, Indiana. And, uh, you know, you always meet the person sitting next to you, right? Or at least, unless you're that person, that you just put the headphones in, you don't talk to anybody, and just kind of look straight forward, and, you know, don't talk to me, don't bother me, I just want to ride this airplane and get off. 
But uh, I like to talk to the people, you know, sitting next to me and around me. And when the subject of what do you do comes up, and I tell them, oh, I'm a pastor, the conversation's over. Like, that's it. Like, there is no more talking at that point. It's like, okay, I'm done with you because we're going to get into this whole religion thing, and you're going to try to save me. And so it's just done. It's over with. And so I usually try to save that for, uh, for later. This is your pick. I'm going to drop it. Okay, so you can't play with it later. But anyway, let's talk for just a few minutes about about worship. Because when we think about worship, we automatically think about music, don't we? Because when we come to church, like, like that's what we call this. We call this a worship what? Help me out. Worship service, right? And so when we come to church, we think music. And when we think worship, we think music. And some of you know this, but maybe some of us have forgot this, but worship is so much more than music. In fact, worship has very little to do with music at all. And you're like, what in the world is that all about? Well, let me put it to you this way. When I was in high school, I had, a, uh, I had that same notion, that worship was all about the music. And so for me, I grew up in a little country church in Clinton, and we had a uh, music director who could not sing, but he led the choir, right? And the choir was basically anybody that wanted to come and sing that Sunday. Can I hear it? Anybody? Anybody with that right there? Like, like, you know, so the guy would get up, right? And he would come up and he would stand up there and he'd say, he'd say all right, let's get the choir together. Anybody want to come and sing? You just come on, right? And so, like, there'd be like five or six people come up there, right? And they'd, they'd, they'd roll on up in there and I'd... I'd pick up a, you know, I'd pick up a hymn book and I'd I'd roll up in there with them, you know, and we'd get up there and we'd sing some songs that we didn't even practice, and, you know, and he'd just he'd just pick them out as he went. He'd be like, eh, oh, that looks good. Let's do that one. And so, you know, but the piano player was always on point. Like she knew. Like I mean, she had. I mean, she could play anything, right? I mean, just anything at all. So she'd just pick something out and she'd play it. I mean, just crazy. Like musicians like that, it's awesome. And so, to me, that was worship, because we would come in and we would sing these songs, and so worship was about the music that we would actually sing on a Sunday morning. And so, for so long of my life as a believer, that's what I had in mind was worship. And so, when people would talk about worship, that's exactly where my mind would go was music. Because what we do up here is called worship music, right? And so, and then we call this a worship service. But what happens Monday through Saturday? Is there any kind of worship that goes on Monday through Saturday in our lives? And I, I would say this. Whether you know it or not, worship has been taking place in your life since the day you were born. Worship has been taking place in your life 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, whether you realize it or not. Because here's the thing. We have this notion to believe that worship... Let's, 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 let's put it like this. Because we've even, we've even sang songs like this where we've said, we were created to worship. We were made to worship, right? We, we've heard that before. We've sang that before. And we have this idea that we were created to worship. And in fact, some of y'all are going to throw something at me. But that's, that's a little, I, I don't think that's quite true. I don't think that that's quite true. It's half true, but it's not fully true. Because here's the thing. 
If we were created to worship, that would mean that God Himself needed us to worship Him. That He was incomplete until we began to worship Him. And that is, that's not true. That's not true. Because the Trinity, the, the Holy Spirit, God the Father, Jesus, it's a constant revolving worship. They are, they are glorifying and honoring each other. They don't, God does not need us to worship Him. However, He enjoys our worship of Him because it honors and glorifies Him. And so, I would say this instead. We, you and I, all of us, regardless of whether you are a believer in Christ or not, whether you have uh, been redeemed from sins and, and, and accepted Christ or not, regardless of that, you and I are constantly pouring ourselves out in worship. However, you may not be worshiping God, but you are constantly worshiping. I am constantly worshiping. We are constantly pouring ourselves out out to something. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to Romans uh, chapter 11 and 12. You can put your finger there. Uh, if you need a Bible, there are free Bibles out on the uh, Next Steps table out there. Those are free. Grab one of those. Take it home with you. It's our gift to you. Uh, you can keep that. Uh, if not, you, we've got the scripture on the screen for you. But uh, Romans 11, the very last verse in Romans 11, Paul says this. He says, for from him and through him and to him, talking about God, the Father, from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Paul, Paul stops right there and, and he, says, he says, everything came from him, everything is for him, everything glorifies him. Everything. And then he goes on, 12.1, a verse we're probably very familiar with. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. We've, we've probably all heard this verse in some form or fashion in passing somewhere along the way. What Paul is saying here is he is saying, he is saying this. He is saying that everything that you and I do is a form of worship. However, we were meant to be worshiping God. Big G God, not little G God. And this is where we get confused. Because so much of our lives is actually spent on the little G gods versus the big G God. And so when he says that, that I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. We have actually taken this verse completely out of context a lot. Because for those of us who like to get our swole on, John Monday, we, we like that verse. And we, 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 like to, we like to put it in our headphones and be like, I'm going to go get my swole on because my body's a living... I'm not saying that you say that. But it's like, like we, like, we like to use that verse and say, you know, hey, my body is this temple of the living God, and so therefore it needs to be healthy. And if it's healthy, then I'm worshiping God. That's half true. Our bodies should be healthy because God created it. Okay? Now... We have to be careful, though, because what happens with this is we go, i got to get my workout on. i got to spend X amount of money on this diet and X amount of money on, on this health food and X amount of money on all these. The, now, listen. Listen to me. These are good things. These are good things until they become God things. Because what happens? 
we start spending massive amounts of money on workout tapes and or not tapes. Anybody watch a tape anymore? <laughs> Did I just say a tape? Man, gosh. Welcome to 1982. Uh, workout DVDs, right? Like like P90X. I, and listen to me. Do not waste your money on P90X. Okay. But let me tell you why. We have, a, we have a program here at the Ridge called P90 John Monday, okay? And you just get on that program, and that will take care of you. Don't, don't spend your money on it, okay? We, we've got one right here. And so, but we, we spend massive amounts of money on these things. And not only do we spend money on it, but we spend massive amounts of time. Because we want to look good, don't we? Right? Yeah? Nothing wrong with those things. It's a good thing. Until it becomes a God thing. Until we start to go, you know what? I don't look good enough. I've got to work harder. And so I've got to spend more time. I've got to spend more money. And then I start to, and because I don't look good and I don't feel good about myself, then I'm going to start to put myself down. You know, do you know what you do when you put yourself down? When you say, I don't look good. I don't like the way that I look. I do, do, you know what, do you know what you do when you do that? You're actually putting God down. Because you're saying that what he created in you and the way that he created you is not good enough. And that's when it becomes a God, a God thing, a, a little g God thing to us. Because we start to spend our time, talent, and treasure on these things. And this is worship. This is worship. And the root of all of this worship is actually idolatry. Because Working out, looking good, feeling good, dieting, these th- all of these things, they become an idol to us. They become an idol to us. The root of all, this is, this is free, I'm not going to charge you for this, but the root of all sin the, and the root of all worship is actually found in the first two commandments of, of, of the Ten Commandments. What are the first two commandments? Help me, help me out. What's the first one? Somebody, anybody. What? Love the Lord your God. What's, what's the second one? You shall have no other gods before me. The root of all of that is found in idols. Listen, if we get the first two commandments right, everything else falls into place. Love the Lord your God, and you shall have no other gods before me. You shall make no other idols. The root of everything is right there. But what happens is, is that Paul is saying in, in verse, uh, verse 1 of 12, he's saying that all of life is um, um, this, this, uh, this phrase. I love this phrase. It's called imago, imago Dei. Imago Dei. And that means that all of life is lived before the face of God. That all of life, that means all of your life, all of my life, regardless of whether you are a believer or not, our lives are lived before the face of God in everything that we do. That means that nothing is hidden from God. That means that, that everything that we do, God sees, God knows. And the question is, is whether we do those things and use those things in honor and glorifying of God. And the latter part of that, most of the time, is not. Because we do it for self. And that's when it becomes an idol. And a little G, God, in our lives. And so this means that our entire life is a life of outpouring into something. Into something. And so when good things become God things, those things are bad things. Listen to me. When good things become God things, little g, 
When good things become God things, those things are bad things. I love what uh, John Calvin said. He said, the human heart is an idol factory. Because our heart is constantly wanting and outpouring into an idol, a little g God. And a lot of times, these things are good things, and so we say that that's okay. That's actually okay for us. And let me, let me explain it to you like this. Like, well, we talked about the working out thing and the image thing, but how about, um, how about like work? Like when we work 60, 70 hours a week. You're like, but that's a good thing because I'm, I'm, I'm bringing home all of this money. Yes, that's, a, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with actually having money. Nothing wrong with that. Until you forsake your family because of it. Or, or until we say, you know what? I've got to have that money because I've got to have that boat and I've got to have this and I've got to have that 80-inch screen, you know, TV, whatever. I've got to have these things. You don't have to have these things. You just want these things. Nothing wrong with having the things until those things become God things. Does that make sense? You guys tracking with that? Tim Keller, uh, a pastor and theologian, he wrote this, and I wrote this down, uh, but he said this, he said, if you don't live for Jesus, you will live for something else. If your Jesus is your sinner and Lord, you will or, I'm sorry, if Jesus is your sinner and Lord, and you fail Him, He will forgive you. Your career cannot forgive you, and your career did not die for your sins. If Jesus is not your world, something else is. That's worship. That's worship. If Jesus is not our sinner, and Jesus is not... Imminent in everything, in everything, in every aspect of our life. Like we, we like to do this thing where we say, okay, uh, here, these, here are the different compartments of my life. Here's my Christian life, here's my work life, here's my family life. And we put Jesus here, he doesn't really go in these other sections here. That Jesus isn't imminent in everything. He's only a part of something. And so therefore, Jesus is not your center. Jesus is only a part. And so these other things become idols in our lives, and we begin to worship these little G gods. And so here's what happens. Here's what happens. We end up trading. This is what we do. We trade. We trade Jesus for something that is broken and foolish in the scheme of eternity. This becomes our functional saviors. This becomes our functional saviors. Um, turn to, uh, flip back just real quick, one verse, one verse. I'm not going to like kill you guys with tons of scripture today, just, just one, one verse. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. God says this to the people of Israel, he says, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, which means turned their back on me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. A cistern is a, um, it was actually a, uh, it was, they would carve these uh, trenches and these uh, gathering pools into the sides of rocks. Um, and what would happen is, is the rainwater 
would, uh, would flow down into these cisterns, okay? And so it would collect this rainwater. Well, what else would happen, too, was, is that, that they would uh, carve these things out, and all the silt from the rock would also gather in the bottom of these pools. And then also, on top of that, all of the, like, mosquitoes and bug larvae and all that, you know, yummy, ooey-gooey stuff would also get in there. And so what ended up happening is, is these cisterns, they would collect all of this stuff because what they were doing is, is they were trying to keep the water out of other places, and so it would collect into these cisterns. And so what God is saying to the people of Israel, he's saying, you've traded me. You've traded what is good, the living water of Christ. You've traded this for hewed out cisterns. And not only that, not only is it just full of nasty, lukewarm sludge water, but it's also broken. And so it's really good for nothing. But God says, look, you're trading what is good for what is broken. And this is worship. This is, this is the kind of worship that, that he's talking about here. And this is what we do. This is what we do because we trade constantly, constantly, for what is broken and foolish in eternity. And so what we, what we end up doing is we end up trading eternal things for physical things. And many times to us, those things, they look good. They say, on the surface, they sound good. They look good. And, and in some ways, many ways, they are good until they become God things and then they become bad things. sort of broken down like this, and I mentioned this a minute ago, but sort of broken down with our time, talent, and treasure. What do we spend all of our time on? What do we spend a majority of our time on? What do we pour most of our talents into, and where is our treasure in our lives? Like, what is the most important thing in your life right now? Like, if, if we would say, well, it, my family is the most important thing in our lives. Good, that, uh, our families, good things. My kids, Good things. My job, good thing. These are good things. And so, I'm going to pour all of my time into this. I'm going to pour all of my treasure into this. We should be doing some of that. Until it becomes ultimate over Christ. And then that good thing becomes a God thing, and that's a bad thing. Why? Because God Himself has to be Jesus, the Christ, Savior. He has to be the most important thing in our lives. And that doesn't mean that on Sunday we make it the priority. That means Sunday through Saturday we make Him the priority. And I, I, I'm guilty of doing this. And in fact, not too long ago, I had a little piece of paper on, um, on my bulletin board at, uh, in my office. And, and it said, remember my priorities. And it said... It said, believer, husband, father, pastor. That looks good on a piece of paper. It really does. And it sounds good. When I, when I, when I go to my wife and I say, hey, look, you're number two on my list. And she's okay with that because I'm number two on her list. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm excited about that. Except for this. Now that when I think about that, 
it kind of bothers me because that still means that I start prioritizing things and putting things in different compartments for my life. And that's not Imago Dei. That's believer, husband, father, Christian. Or uh, pastor, I'm sorry. And that's not the way that it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be believer, Jesus, and then all this other stuff is inside of that. Jesus is preeminent in everything. He is over everything. He is in everything. And so I'm a believer as I am a husband. I'm a believer as I am a father. I'm a believer as I am a pastor. But I'm, I'm that first. Does that make sense? You guys tracking with that? Because if I, if I don't do that, that means that, means that my, if, if I just, if I say, okay, well, Sunday's over, so now I'm, I'm a pastor, but only from 8 to 5 today. Because at 5 o'clock, I shut my laptop and I close my Bible and I walk out of my office and now it's family time. Now I'm a father. Now I'm a husband. I don't have to, do, I don't have to worry about this other stuff. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. It shouldn't work that way for any of us. However, a lot of times that's what we do. I heard that one of the saddest things ever, uh, this has been a couple of years ago, but, but a, a pastor friend of mine, uh, he was bivocational at the time, and he said, um, he was talking to somebody that he was interviewing uh, for a job that, that, that he, um, he was the, the boss of, and um, this guy came back and he said, yeah, I interviewed with this guy. And he said, well, I'm a pastor on Sunday, but I'm this guy on Monday through Friday. So I'm a lot, you, you'll probably notice that I'm a lot different on Monday than I am on Sunday. That doesn't make sense to me. That doesn't make sense to me at all. That means that, means that, that this takes priority over me being a believer. And that's a bad thing. That's a bad thing. So let me ask you. Where are you spending the most of your time? What are you pouring the most of your talent into? And where is your treasure? Is it in the big G God? Or is it in a lot of little G gods? Here's the application part of all of this. You and I have to stop managing our idols and let Jesus start smashing our idols. You and I, can, we cannot manage our idols. The, the, the things that we spend the most time, talent, and treasure on, you and I, we cannot manage those on our own. Because every time that we try to manage that, we will fail. Well, I, I'll work less. That'll last for a little while. Oh well, I'll I'll make sure that I'll I'll make sure that I'm a that I'm a Christian on Tuesday, just like I am on Sunday. You do that. That'll work for you for a couple of weeks. Unless Jesus, listen to me. Unless Jesus is the one who has smashed those idols for you in your heart, they will constantly take over. They will constantly take over. Consistently, every single time. And so we have to stop managing our idols and let Jesus start smashing our idols. I 
I think that we can, I think, I think that that can happen. I think it can happen today. I, be, I believe that, that the first thing that we have to do is, is we, have to, we have to call our idols out. You need to know what the idols in your heart are. And you have to be courageous enough to call them out. To say, I know that this is an idol in my life. Um, growing up, for as long as I can remember, I was always a sports fan. I'm still a sports fan. I love sports. Love uh, UT sports, especially. Uh, unfortunately, but um, like I, I just I, I love I love sports. I love to watch sports, and I get as excited about football games and basketball games as anybody. And it's really kind of dumb, isn't it? Because like I'll go to a football game, right, and I'll scream my lungs out and turn around and high five the guy who's been spilling beer on me for like the last forty five minutes, and I don't even know him, right? I'm just like, what? you know, I give him a high five, and like I will scream and I'll, you know, I'll do the whole UT thing, you know, Rocky Top, woo, you know that. Anyway, so I, I'll do all of that, right, in my living room. Okay, so I'll do all of that, and, and as I and as I do that, like I, I can remember, like that was such a big deal to me. And so, like when UT would lose, like just don't talk to me, leave me alone. Like I don't even want to talk to you. Like I just don't even bother me because I, I'm upset about this loss. Right? That's that's the way that I used to be. Seriously. Seriously, some of you are like that, and it may not be. It may be golf, right? It may be. It may, it may be another sport. It may be turn left. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever your thing is, right? Like, and so, like, we get upset about these things. It's just like you just don't bother me. I don't want to. I, I need. I need about thirty minutes of, of breathing space. Okay, I need to get over this. My problem was is I wouldn't get over it. Like it would bother me until Monday. Right, and I'd go to my job, I'd get to work, and there would always be that guy who was always the fan of the other team, right? You know the guy? Like he like you're like, who do you really root for? Because every time we play somebody, you're going for the other team. Well, I just want to see the UT lose, man. That's all I care about. Like that guy, right? And you wanna you wanna you wanna make sure that he spills coffee on himself like every day on Monday. And so <laughs> And I would get, like, it would take me till like, Tuesday or Wednesday to get over this whole thing. Until I realized that that was an idol in my life. That had become a God to me. That had become a God to me. Because I was spending a lot of time, a lot of talent, and a lot of treasure on that. Sports in and of itself are great things. We sh- sports are good. Until it becomes a God thing. Until it becomes a God thing. So we have to name and call out our idols. And then we need to repent. And then replace with Jesus. And then we rejoice. When you call out your idol and say, this is an idol to me. And then we repent of that. That means turn away from. That means ask Christ to forgive us. Ask Christ to reign supreme in our lives. That is replacing that idol with Jesus. Jesus then becomes our God as he should be. And then that's when true worship takes place. That's when you can worship on a Wednesday afternoon when you're stuck in rush hour traffic without music on in the car. Because Jesus is still good to you. Jesus is still your everything at that moment. 
And so we name, repent, replace, and rejoice. Let me ask you a question. What, what would it be like? What would it be like in your life? What would it be like in my life if we stopped trading Jesus for broken things? What, what would our lives look like? How would our lives begin to, to shape around Christ if we stopped trading Jesus for broken things? Even good things that become God things. What would it be like if instead of working 80 hours a week, you only worked 55 hours a week? How would your, how would your family start to come together a little better? Like, yeah, but I wouldn't be able to make that boat payment. Let the boat go. Jesus is better. What would it be like? What would it be like, men, if we came home and instead of sitting down in the recliner and grabbing a beer or drink or whatever it is that you do and watch TV for the next six hours, what would it be like if we turned the TV off for a day? Because that TV can become a little G-God to us. Listen, if we go home and we sit in front of the TV for six hours, five hours, four hours, however long it is, get up to eat dinner and then go back to the recliner and eventually fall asleep in it, that TV has become your little G-God. Yeah, but I need to unwind. Unwind with Jesus. If you need... 30 minutes, an hour, take 30 minutes to an hour. I promise you, your wife will not kick you out if you say, hey, you know what, I need to come home and I need to get my head back around Christ for a few minutes, so let me just step outside for a little bit. I promise you, she will like that a whole lot better than you sitting in front of the TV for five or six hours. I promise you. Ladies, any objections? Anybody? I didn't think so. What would it be like what would it be like, teenagers? Oh, I don't even have, this isn't just for teenagers. This is for everybody. What would it be like if we didn't spend six hours a day on Facebook? And the internet wasn't our God. What would it be like? I promise you, you will not miss anything. Because the, those people will post the exact same thing the very next day. Okay? You will not miss a thing. But what would, it, what would it be like if instead of these things were our, our God, what would it be like if we actually made Jesus our God? What would it be like if, if pornography wasn't our God? What, 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 what would our marriages be like? Amazing is what they would be like. What would, it, what would it be like if we stopped trading these little broken things for Jesus? Here's what I want to do this morning. We're going we're gonna to close. And um, we, we purposely uh, today put, the, uh, put a little more worship on the end of the service today than at the beginning of the service. Because... For the next couple of minutes, what I, what I want us to do is individually, you know this, I don't. 
You know where your time, talent, and treasure go. You know what your little g-gods are in your life. You know what they are. You're thinking about them right now. You, you can see them. You can hear them calling your name. Your challenge today, your application to make this message fit and work in your life today is for you to call those idols out. Listen, this always helps me. I don't know if it helps you or not. If I don't write something down, like it doesn't really, it just it doesn't materialize for me. And so close to you somewhere, in a seat next to you, if you need one, grab one. There's a connection card there somewhere. Look, on, on the back of that connection card, uh, first of all, fill the connection card out. Let us know how we can pray for you. Drop that in the offering as it comes by here in a few minutes. But on the back of that, there's a little place for notes. Take that and just, whatever it is, write it down. Call it out. Name it. Say, this is an idol in my life. This is where, unfortunately, I'm spending too much of my time, talent, and treasure. And I want to call it out. It's not going to be a surprise to Jesus. Jesus isn't going to look at that and go, what? When did you? How? I don't. You spend all your time doing that? How did you keep that from me? Like, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. It's not going to be a surprise to him. Okay? But you need to name it. You need to call it out. And then as the band plays for the next couple of minutes, you need to repent and replace. Repent. Simply repenting is just simply saying, Jesus, forgive me for making this an idol over you. And then as we close today, you have the opportunity to rejoice. Name your idols. Repent, replace, and rejoice. Because once you repent, Jesus just takes that and goes, I just needed, I just needed, I needed you to come back. I love you. And so, look, listen, don't let the good things in our life become little God things. Let's let's make Jesus our God. Imminent in everything. Preeminent before all things. So as we as we finish up this morning, name your idol. Repent, replace, and then rejoice. Let's pray. Father God, we we thank you, Lord, God, that you are above all things. God, everything was made for you. Everything comes from you, God. So, Father, God, I ask you that you forgive me for making things in my life over you, God, for making things in my life, little g-gods that don't even come close to comparing to you, Father. God, your love is greater than any material or physical thing that I could possibly ever possess. So, Father, forgive me for these idols in my life. Father, we love you. God, we praise you for being a God who loves us despite our shortcomings, God. God, despite our knack for turning our back on you God despite our trading you for things that are broken and foolish 
Father, let us, let us rise up in these last few moments. God, let our hearts rejoice. Even, God, even if we don't clap or, or sing or, or anything like that, God, God, I pray that our hearts rejoice. worship and honor you, God, with our lives lived before your face. In your name we pray.